Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. What happened at work this last week? Oh, did I? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'm like sending... My buddy's like asking for our Netflix password. Um, <laughs> fucking moochers. Uh, okay, so crazy thing happened this work or this week at work. Um, and this is like, I can't decide yet if this is a good thing, if this is a bad thing, or if this is a neutral thing. Like, I'm not sure what this means. So for context, I worked at this company for two years Uh, I worked at this company for two years and then left, uh, because there was just no plan in place. I wasn't happy with like how things were accelerating, like nothing. It just wasn't. Then in 2020, I get the call back from some people that I support, some pretty high ranking people in the organization. And they, uh, wanted me to come back and work at a totally new position at a promotion at a raise. And like, here's kind of what we're pathing for you and all that kind of stuff that puts me in under a different boss. So I had boss number one, uh, before I left. Now I'm on boss number two. Boss number two has been at the organization for many, many years, like five or six years or something like that. And, um, maybe even longer. And he is like one of the people who gives answers on things. Like he concretely calculates stuff and sets our pricing for stuff and like has these, he understands our terms and conditions so well and all that kind of stuff that he knows how to solve problems. So he was one of our chief problem solvers. And then I was kind of like an apprentice problem solver under him. Like, how do I use, like, I'm an analyst. So I'm, how am I using data and the, the information that we're getting back to inform our sales teams on, you know, the strategy that they should be using or, or anything like that. Right. So he puts in his notice out of nowhere, like out of nowhere, uh, on Monday, he just calls in like a little team meeting and he says, Hey guys, just to, just to let you know, um, I'm, I'm giving my notice and he evidently there's been like problems. Like he's been not happy for a while. Uh huh. And so he puts in his notice and he only gives two weeks, which is like technically all you're required to do. But at the same time, it's like, oh, fuck, we're so fucked, you know, because it's like he knows so much stuff. And it's like once he goes, I don't know who knows that stuff anymore. I know some things, but not like the grand sweep of all the universe. You know what I mean? Like this guy has this guy's been doing years and years and years in revenue accounting before he even took this job at the company that I work with. So it's like, he has this knowledge base about things. I don't know shit about accounting. I don't know anything about like, I've, I don't have a finance degree or anything like that. I've just, what I've learned like in doing margin analysis, profitability analysis, um, FPNA, all that kind of stuff. It's like all I I've learned, I learned from him. So now it's like, Oh fuck. But what's even more complicated is that um, now I'm going to be slotting in evidently like they're they're telling me uh, like, oh, you're going to be it's going to be business as usual. But now you're going to be reporting to boss number one, the person that I left the first time. Uh... Yeah. 
And that causes me some concern, not because I think that this person holds like a grudge or has hard feelings about it or something like that, even though they might, I don't know. Um, but more importantly, it's like that side, that like team structure, if you will, is so focused on, oh, we just need to get this thing done. We need to get this thing. It's always like a fire that needs to be put out that I now am like, I've been helping out a lot with, but that forces me to move backwards. Do do you see what I mean? Like now I'm doing a poor job at explaining this, but it's because I'm being, I'm trying to be not specific here. All right. All right. All right. Right. It sounds like you're overthinking it, but I'm confused about three things. Okay, please. All right. So when you were called to go back, is the guy that called you the one that put in his two weeks? No. Okay. Is the guy that put in his two weeks, the one you were concerned about with the Slack chain shout out? The, oh yeah. Yeah. I was, I was worried that I was outshining the master. Yeah. That's the guy that's put in his two weeks. Yeah. Okay. And the third boss that you're worried about is the one that you were working under when you left the company. Yes. But you had no issues with him before, or you did have issues with him before uh, or her, her, and I didn't have an overt issue except for the fact that there was no like like I was bringing stuff and bringing questions into. And to be honest, like now looking back, I kind of own more of the the problem that was there. But basically, I was um, a top performer on that team. Uh, I was doing the most challenging work. I was doing it completely independently. Uh, I didn't need a boss to tell me, you know, when to come in, when to not, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like I worked completely independently, but as a result of that, and because I kept a really high standard and I was constantly just picking up new duties and responsibilities that weren't in my job description. But then at the same time, I wasn't progressing up the ladder, like certainly not at the speed that a, I felt I deserved and B at the speed that I want to, because this should be no surprise to listeners who have listened to even more than one episode of this podcast, or this definitely isn't a surprise to Chris um, or anyone else who's talked to me for like two seconds, but I am not the guy who, uh, you know, goes from a level one and then he puts his time in and then he becomes a level two. And then maybe after some time he becomes a level three. And then after 40 years, he retires and has a gold watch. It's like, that's not, who I am. I am doing everything I can to speed up my timeline because I'm not trying to learn one little. And that's the thing that I evoked last time, because last time I left because I said this isn't about like I don't want to create a hostage situation. This is not about salary for me. I do not care because at the time I was making shit, by the way, like I wasn't making nearly what I'm making now. So I was making not good money. But I said, I don't really care about the money. What I care more about is that I'm learning the skills that are going to put me into the next room. And I wasn't. I was basically flatlining. I was doing the same fucking work at the highest caliber that you could do it at on that team. And everybody else was way behind me. So it was just like, I don't, there's nowhere for me to go. There was just a ceiling. Mm-hmm. And therefore I, you know, I was basically asking like, is there a plan? Is there a place for me to move? Like, you know, do we have anything? And at the time, like now I realize what I should have done. I should have found the place that I want to be and said that I want to be there. And that would have probably been different. But if you leave it up to somebody else, basically, they, you know, this person, my boss didn't have any time to think about development plans. My boss didn't have any time to think about like, 
what do you do after you completely master this position or something like that? And so as a result, like I was just frustrated at the fact that like they basically, they needed me in that position more than I needed the company because I I wasn't making great money and I wasn't learning skills. So if you're not like, here's the thing. If I'm le- I'm willing to take a pay cut if I'm learning very valuable skills. In fact, I would even pay somebody to learn very valuable skills. You know what I mean? It's like if, uh, it, Chris, if you taught a like very short junior level, it'll probably it won't be good product at the end, but it's it'll teach me enough of like, hey, here's how you should shoot videos and here's, how, you know, whatever I would pay for that course because it's like. I want to learn that skill such that then it'll impact like, oh, if I want to start a business or if I want to do some social media marketing or stuff, I now know I can shoot video for it. You, you see what I'm saying? I would pay you for that. Or I will do a mindless job that doesn't really serve me in any kind of exterior sort of way, but I expect to be paid a lot for it then because then it really is just renting out my time for money. And that's the thing that I have a problem with. If I'm learning well on the job, I won't, I don't care how much I'm paid or I will even pay to do it. But if I'm not learning shit and I'm legitimately just trading in my time for money, I mean, you and I have had that, that conversation recently. And I wish I had this mentality back then that my time is worth a lot. I, I, I have an hourly rate, you know, in my head that anything that's below that value, I don't want to fucking do. And what they were paying me for the job that was basically just renting out time. It didn't make sense. It, It didn't make sense at all. So that was why I left the first time. And that's why I'm, that's what I'm kind of concerned about now is that if I don't kind of, if I don't, well, and see, here's the thing. I can't decide if this is a good thing or a bad thing, or if this is neither, but this is just the right thing happening at the right time because I'm making decent money now. Decent enough. It could be better. could be worse, but I also am learning skills that are valuable to what I want to be doing. Like margin analysis and profitability analysis is very, very important to the two projects that I'm kind of working on right now. The one that's obvious is flow roll. That one's a little bit more immediate translate. It's more immediately translatable. Oh, I knew I'd get there. Applicable. Applicable. Thank you. Yeah. It's more immediately applicable because I am now figuring out like, okay, how much does it cost for me to run a, if I do a wholesale formulation and then how much would I need to price that at in order to make even a small amount of profit? Like how many units would I have to sell? All that kind of stuff. Like that's very applicable to what I'm looking at now. So maybe going under boss one isn't really a big deal because boss one knows me knows that I get my job done, isn't going to micromanage me because boss one has a lot of other people to manage. It's like boss one has a lot of teams to manage. So maybe this is actually a good thing. Maybe I manage my own time, you know, do my thing. I get the job done. I am still learning some background skills that will be applicable. And it allows me the attention, the time and attention that I can put into something else. Or this could be a bad thing because if I have to put in more time for the same dollar amount that I'm making, that's now a negative transaction because it's keeping me from my other projects. All right. Um, let me ask you this. Was this decision made out of haste? 
Like, oh, this guy's leaving. Uh, just report to this person. Yes. So you're overthinking it. You're fine. Your job should not change at all. You're okay. still going to work with that other department that you probably should be under. Yeah. That you have been this whole time. The only thing that's gone is that passive aggressive Slack chain. That yeah. The whole company can read. That's the only thing that's moving on. You're, you'll be fine. Oh, oh, I think we have the one detail confused. Um, that person who sent the passive aggressive, who basically was talking to someone else to talk to me, that person is still with the organization. That person is the head of the entire, that person is the boss of the boss one and boss two. Oh, boss okay. two who's leaving is the one who I was nervous because he seemed to be a little jealous of all the like adulation that I was getting and all the recognition I was getting. And he would make f- remarks like, oh, yeah, I've, I haven't been invited to the major accounts team offsite. That would have been nice. Or he would say things like, oh, yeah, well, Atish is the flavor of the month. So, you know, he's getting all the recognition. And it's like he was joking when he says these things. But at the same time, it's like. I think there was a little element of truth in there. So I was a little worried about the idea of like that I'm outshining the master and that therefore he's going to be kind of. You're overthinking it. You're fine. You'll be fine. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because it's like, look, also because it's a new, have you worked under this uh, hierarchy yet? What do you mean? Like, have you started working under boss one? already no, that that starts right. um as and, soon uh, as that starts you gotta put your foot down you gotta yeah. set boundaries you have to remember your hourly rate yeah You're like i don't do this i need someone to do this for me yeah i was actually pretty happy with myself um i was actually pretty happy with myself um this past week because i had to set some serious boundaries because now that boss two is leaving. He was the answer guy for a lot of other people. I have the people that I'm the answer guy for, but I'm not the answer guy for the whole organization. And the people of course are coming out of the woodwork now panicking and asking me for shit. And it's like, look, I can get to you when I get to you, but I have my own stuff here. And if you can find the information yourself, I recommend that you do that because it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's gotten to a point where people have started. I, I now see how negative actually the relate, the, the relationships I've created for myself though, because everyone has gotten so used to me being the easy button. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, we can't find this specific contract or we can't, you know, or I can't interpret what this means, whatever. Ask a Tish, he'll fucking do it. And because I wasn't valuing my hourly rate, I was just doing all this shit but now people have gotten into the path where they don't even try to look for stuff. Now they just ask me Uh and that is what's going to kill my, like that, that is way below my hourly rate. So this past week I was actually doing a good job of like, just saying like, Hey, I'm sorry, I don't have time for that, but you can usually find this stuff here. Uh You know? So I was actually pretty happy with myself this week that I was able to kind of set better boundaries like that and, and, hopefully get some better time management skills because that's something that really I could stand to improve on basically. Uh, Improvement. I mean, finding things to improve on. I think that's basically uh, the theme of today. I've, I've talked to Chris often about doing a personal inventory and I think then usually, I think historically in the past, you've asked me if this is the same kind of personal inventory that you do at, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous. No, uh, I've never said that. Yes, you did. It was in a previous episode. No, I didn't say that. I, I think I always just say you always want to do a personal inventory. 
Well, I do always want to do a personal inventory because here's my perspective. Okay. And agreed. I might be a little over analytical, like take this certain particular circumstance about my work, for instance, I'm gaming out the different scenarios. Whereas you're, you're saying like, ah, you're overthinking it. You're overthinking it, dude. So maybe I want to do personal inventories and maybe I am overthinking it. But my personal philosophy on these is that I have never been good at figuring out where I'm trying to go. That's always something that I've been historically very poor at. And if I was to tell you like, you know, okay, Chris, um, I, you know, uh, we're setting up a meeting in West Hollywood or we're setting up a meeting in like LA somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, but you can't use a map and you can't use a GPS to get there. You'd, pro- it would pro- you'd probably get there, but it would probably take you a lot longer or you'd take some fucked up route or some, some kind of thing like that, right? Like, so basically, in order to make the most efficient use of your time, you have to know where you're going and you have to understand the route to get there. And I think that that's really the value of personal inventories is because I need to understand where am I currently I need to understand where am I trying to go, and then I need to game out the scenarios of how I'm getting there. So that's what I think the value of the personal inventory is. is it's t- it's, it takes the guesswork out of, am I doing well or am I not? You have some questions that you have to answer honestly, and that'll tell you, that'll give you like a robust understanding of where you actually are. And the more honest you are with yourself, the better your results will be, is my personal opinion. All right. I believe you. That means he doesn't believe me, but he's like, he's, he's just saying that because he's like, all right, let's just move on. (laughs) So here's the personal inventory that I've kind of created because it's, um, it gets all the right ideas across. It's relatively short, but of course, the more detail that you pour into this stuff, the, uh, the more detailed kind of ideation you can get out of it. So I'll, uh, I'll go through mine, but I would encourage it. Like I'm parroting these questions right back at you because I want to know where you're at. I want to get a firm understanding of where Elephant Scout is or where Chris Scott is in perpetuity, perpetuity. No, in, uh, in context of Elephant Scout. All right. So this is, it starts broad and then it focuses in. So the first question is what things are going well for me right now? And What I said basically was currently, as long as this whole job situation goes exactly like Chris says, if if nothing changes, then currently I find myself that I'm actually in a fortunate place because I work a job that pays fairly decently and I'm learning to better manage my time such that now I have more time and more money, so capital, to pour into my other um, projects. Now, that can also be a negative thing because if my time management, like it's basically predicated on me setting up those boundaries a little bit better as we discussed. Because if I don't do that, then I've lost all value in having in holding this job, basically. Um, I think it also helps that a lot of other aspects of my life are in uh, like a solid maintenance mode uh, or like a solid cruising altitude where I'm not, you know, I'm not. Uh, constantly worried about, you know, my girlfriend or whatever. I'm not worried about like, or I'm not 
getting into random bullshit with my friends. I'm not doing yada yada. It's like I have all of that stuff pretty much in maintenance mode. And honestly, I've simplified my life a whole lot since um, a since living in Tucson and B since my first year uh, in living in Phoenix. Like I've simplified my life a whole lot. I think COVID actually in a weird sort of sense helped with that in a weird way because it's like I have no desire to I'm tired now. I want to be at home. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I want to be working on my stuff. I want to be reading a book. I want to be, you know. Um, so that really helps, uh, it'll, it'll allow, it gives me the space to focus when I need to, or want to on more important things that really like move myself, move the needle towards the ultimate goal, which is financial independence and, you know, owning my own business or creating my own project. Um, so like said differently, I think what's going really well for me right now is that I'm not drowning anywhere. So it actually allows me to like make steps towards what I'm trying to achieve. Nice. What about you? What's going well for you right now? Slash Elephant Scout. What is going well? Uh, let's see. For Elephant Scout, I think it's uh, the team is coming together. There's actually people being active in their roles as opposed to waiting for me to tell them what to do, which mm. is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that's a fairly new sort of thing because I remember you used to tell or you th- this was kind of why like your your skills and sort of team building have have really kind of come a long way because I remember you were telling me that you were previously kind of working with people who were like half committed or really didn't care that much about the project in and of itself. They were just sort of like doing things to do things or they were unpaid. So therefore if they missed a meeting or if they missed a shoot or whatever, it wasn't construed as a big deal, but realistically you needed that commitment in order to get a better product out. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely uh, turned into something where everyone is more, it's just more active, which is nice. It's, Definitely feels like it's easier to move forward now because there's no pause anymore. There's no waiting for me to come up with the next idea. Someone else already has something going. Somebody else also has something else going at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so it's just uh, nice. Uh, it's going well. That's great. Do you do you? Uh, and this is just out, like you don't have to get into detail, I guess, if unless you have something specifically to drop. But like you, so you've wrapped uh, Tucson Heat, right? It's like. Do you, so are you already working on the next, whatever the the next project is? Yeah, we have a huge list already made and we have, you know, writing assignments allocated, uh, outlines are being written, log lines are being written, uh, meetings are happening. It's, uh, you know, things are happening. We don't have like a, like a, like we have like three guns kind of lined up, but no triggers pulled. Got it. So we're kind of waiting for, you know, everything to be more developed before pulling a trigger. But honestly, that that has to help with like the exit, the actual execution steps, because if you have like basically you're keeping yourself warm in a sense and that you always have something kind of chambered so that you know what your next steps are when you're ready to execute against them. I think that's huge. Yeah, it's uh, definitely something to where it's uh, because if you do it by yourself, you're just the hardest part is developing the story and writing the script. Everything else kind of just falls into place. But once you have like that script figured out, it's just way easier to say, Hey, we're doing this for three weeks. Bing, bang, boom. It's done. You know? Yeah. That's, um, I don't know if I've told you about my more ambitious project yet. So like I said, I'm working on two projects. One of them is flow roll, but you got me thinking, and this is a side tangent (laughs) off the questions, but you just reminded me off of this. Um, and actually, I would, I would love to pick your brain about this, maybe on a different podcast episode or maybe just in a conversation entirely separate from the podcast. But um, my project number two is actually pretty huge. It's, it's not 
the kind of thing that you can just launch out of your house. It's, it's ambitious. Um, and that's why I think sequentially it'll work out that way that I'll actually, I'm actually executing. I, uh, finally actually, oh yeah, I should have mentioned this and what's going good for me. I, I finally put in, uh, I found a good supplier, uh, a wholesaler and, uh, put in my first manufacturing run. Hasn't started being produced yet. They said that they, it would be like a two week lead time until they start production. So now I, uh, paid a grip of money and now I'm just waiting, <laughs> you know, but, um, but that's pretty exciting. But my project number two, uh, which I don't know if I want to say on the podcast yet, because it is a very stealable idea. Um, and I think it's a very good one. Um, but it's huge. And I have a person that I'm trying to work with on it, but it's kind of the same issues that you were having where it's like, this person says it's a great idea and they really want to work on it and they want to be a part of it, but they're drawing back every time. Like they're not firmly committing. Cause I'm looking at like, I'm looking at properties and stuff like that. Right. And this person kind of isn't joining me on that. And it's a little problematic because part of the intellectual property of the idea is this person's. They helped come up with the idea, but they're not making any forward momentum on it. And this is an idea that's very stealable. It is something that like we have the opportunity and nobody has done it yet. It's blue ocean, but only blue ocean for now. Uh huh. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I need to learn from you how to have those kind of tough conversations and be like, look, are you in or are you not? And if you're not, then can I have your blessing to find somebody else? Because it's like, I honestly could not, this is what made me think of it when you were talking about the team. It's like, I can't execute against all of this stuff myself. I need to have a team or I need to have like at least another person or something like that. Uh And if this person who I'm currently talking to about this, isn't that, that teammate, then I kind of want to know now so that I can start moving on this. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's a tough conversation that I want to have in the future, but I kind of want to pick your brain about how to have those tough conversations in like that's a constructive a, way. I think that's a lawyer conversation. Oh, 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 you mean like legitimately? Yeah. Or it's a pre-lawyer conversation where you say, I want to establish my LLC or whatever for this yeah. idea. Yeah. How let's, you know, I want it to be manager, member, member, manager, all that silly stuff. And it's like, oh, I want to put X amount of effort into it. Are you going to put just as much or do you just want to be an idea guy and, mm-hmm. you know, sit back and collect 5% on it? No right. Yeah. yeah. Which, which I would also be okay with, but then I need to bring in somebody who can actually like, you know, do get moving thing, yeah. on this with me. Anyways, we'll, we'll save that conversation for another time. But yeah, it, it sounds like maybe this is a little more like a formalized conversation than, than just something you have loose, like with no structure, with no, nobody there kind of. Right. You need, it needs to be written down and recorded. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, question number two, what things are difficult for me right now? Uh, I said right on top, it's, it's funny because it's like the answer to the first question is also the answer to the second question. If I don't set up my boundaries correctly, I know how this ends up. I end up pouring all my emotional energy and time into my current job. So I need to defend my time. Like my biggest, the thing that is most difficult for me right now is defending my time. The thing that is second, uh, like the, the, the second most difficult thing for me right now is I'm in this uncanny valley between execution and a finished product and solving for that has been pretty difficult for me. Like I, um, 
have flow roll, which I'm actually executing on, but we're in that valley period now where it's like, okay, now I'm like, I'm not sure what my next step is exactly. So I'm kind of in this lockstep there. Project number two, unnamed thus far, is very, it's on solid ground in terms of concept wise, but nothing else. And the unfortunate truth of it is that it will require a ton of startup capital. So the problem with that is that like, that said, I actually have a person who wants to invest pretty heavy, but now that's all like, oh shit. I, I'm kind of like a dog chasing a car. Like now I don't actually know what I'm like, oh fuck. Like somebody actually has stated that they want to give me money, Uh but they want me to, they're like, all right, let's, you know, let's put up a business plan and let's start kicking the tires a little bit. I'm like, Oh fuck. Like I, so I, I quickly made like a brief, like brochure almost of like, (laughs) but I'm like, Oh shit. I actually have somebody who wants to give me money and I don't have shit yet. So I was like, Oh fuck. Like, like I'm in that kind of a weird space. So that's kind of what's going pretty difficult. It's difficult for me right now. And after we're done with this podcast, I'm probably going to spend six hours or so, like trying to throw together a slide deck and, just ideating on the concept, get some concrete, like they want to know how much money I'm going to need in total for the project. And I've priced out some stuff, but I need to get way better at that. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. What's uh what's difficult for you slash elephant scout. I think right now, the most difficult thing is uh, obviously the pandemic, but beyond yeah. that, it would be finding money, which you yeah. don't seem to have a problem with. Well, I lucked out. I'll tell you off, uh, off, I have an idea. Uh, I have an idea of what you're talking about. Do you? Yeah, I think I do since we're soulmates. Um, Yeah. Well, we are obviously, obviously. But no, I think right now, I think for me, it is, it might be me in my head too much, but the idea of not having enough social proof, name recognition, which doesn't lead to a safe bet in financing a project. Yeah. So, right. Like for me, it's like, how do I, you know, get that audience to really be more active and click? How do I get our projects into more ears in front of more eyes? And how does that translate into, uh, uh, you know, a stamp that says, Hey, this guy makes things people like. Yeah. I'm uh, so just to be perfectly honest with you, like all the way up front and you already know this because we are soulmates. Um, I was very much on the inside track of being able to get this this person so to speak like it it's not fair we'll put it that way well no right? and, and then the like the flip side of that is for people that are trying to find that inside track it's just yeah. and then there are people that have these inside tracks and they have bad ideas and they're not right. good but every yeah. once in a while there's a good person with a good idea with an inside track right and exactly. so that's you know I, I don't i'm none of the above right now so yeah. i'm just trying yeah. to figure out where and how and all that fun stuff. Yeah, that's that's a really tough place. And like, honestly, that's the thing. It's like, I don't even know how to solve that. You know what I mean? Like, right. that is a difficult place to be in. Because it's like, if I, if I knew, I would be making pitches for all kinds of things all over town. But... You know, right. I'm not like, like, it's like, oh man, I wish I could just be, uh, the, the Tim Ferriss of Tucson or whatever, <laughs> like just, just, uh, an investor in things and just pitching things all the time. But, 
it's it's tough. And especially that's, I think, also the kind of like I think you made a really strong choice staying in Tucson and showing like that we do film differently and we can approach it. But it's like, therefore, it's also tough because it's like there's no set infrastructure like there is infrastructure for people to submit independent films in Hollywood and stuff like that. I don't know what structure exists in Tucson for that. You know, there isn't. Yeah, there isn't a structure. Yeah. 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 That's tough. That's tough. Um, what are my strengths? Um, I think my strengths are that I'm good with data and therefore as a result, I've learned how to be good with, uh, financials recently. Like I've, I've learned how to, you know, like I've been talking about cost analysis, margin, margin analysis, profitability, like that really helps with a lot of stuff. And it really helped in making a decision in terms of who was going to be my bulk, uh, manufacturer for my first run of flow roll. It was really helpful there. Um, it's really helpful when I'm evaluating leases for project number two and things like that. Um, but that's also a little out of scope. You know what I mean? Because I'm just like, oh yeah, I mean that at least that would break, like I'm good at, (laughs) I can understand like, okay, that would be this much a month, which means we have to have a revenue stream of at least this much a month. We're probably not going to be profitable in the first like two years or something like that. So how much money am I really kicking down the drain for the the first while just to like stop the bleeding? Mm -hmm. So I'm good at that. Um, And I'm also good at asking stupid questions, which sounds like not a good skill. But when it comes to stuff like project number two is a bunch of stuff I'm completely unfamiliar with flow roll, at least was in my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? It's like supplements. I have a degree in exactly this field. Like it's just more my wheelhouse. Um, But for things that I don't know, I'm good at just asking questions and trying to find out more. So I think those are the things that I'm really uh, good at. Uh, What about yourself? Oh man. Uh, I don't know. Good question. What am I good <laughs> you at? You just end it there. You're like, you're like, Hmm, don't know. Skip. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Um, I think, I don't know. I think we're good, pretty good at some things, but there's like that one thing that's not clicking with the audience yet. So I think we're good at like making content. I think we're good at making marketing content. I think we're good at, you know, being cohesive and yes. putting out a solid project and, 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 you know, like posters matches the product, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I just don't know. We're not, I, I, I think we're good at that. It's just not connecting yet. It's not landing yet. Which goes yeah, with that's, the, that's, that's what I was going to say from an outsider perspective. And like, I of course don't really know the nitty gritty of how you're actually doing stuff. But what I can say is that like execution has never been an issue with you or your, or your team. I, I'm kind of assuming here because I don't know the team. I only know you, but, um, that, that is definitely like, I think your strong suit is that you get a strong connection with the projects that you're building. Like whether it's, um, whether like, you know, the shorts like downshift and good cop, mom cop, like Tucson heat, that one actually, I was blown away by that. But basically you don't have any, you don't have the same kind of reticence that I feel like a lot of people do, uh, which is that you dive into something new. I don't know how many live events you've put on or anything like that, but it was like the murder mystery night and all that kind of stuff. It's like, you just, you just said you were going to do it. And then you've figured it out. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really strong skill that like, people like myself, I'm so risk averse that I'm just not 
you know, I lack the confidence that I'm going to be able to figure it out, even though there's nothing like that would point to the contrary that I won't be able to figure this out. You know what I mean? But right. I just, I like my confidence in that is just not there. And I think that that's something that serves you really well in the projects that you do is like, you just go for it. And that ultimately, I think that's one of the necessary ingredients to being successful in that regard is that you have to, at some point in time, just believe that like, all right, I've got everything I need. Now it's just to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's definitely one of your strengths. I mean, the obvious follow-up question off that is what are my weaknesses? And uh, exactly what Chris's strength is, is exactly what I wrote down as my weakness. Um, I think somebody, uh, I think Les Brown, he's my secret guru. I don't tell anybody this, but I listen to this guy, Les Brown. He's a motivational speaker. I think, is he dead now? I'm not sure. Anyways, he's, he's old. Do you know who Les Brown is? No, let's look him up, but continue. He says things, he kind of has this like nice folksy sort of style of wisdom to him. Like he says things like, you know, everyone's talking about what they, what they've done in the past year, what they did uh, last year, or maybe what they did five years ago. And well, used to bees don't make no honey. You know what I mean? He says things like that. And uh-huh. for, I love it. Um, and one of the things he says is that you have to take the lifetime or you have to take the opportunity of a lifetime within the lifetime of the opportunity. And that's something historically that I suck at. Absolutely. Like I see opportunities that intrinsically have an exploding clock on them. Like you can only leave this on the table for so long and it's going to be gone. Uh, For instance, the classic story that I tell all the time is that I don't know how many people believe me about this, but I had the idea first for a hot chicken food truck, a Nashville hot chicken food truck in Tucson. Um, Because and maybe I didn't. Maybe it took them that long to execute it. But I two years after I had come up with the idea and like I'd specifically said like, oh, and you would specifically do sweet tea. Why? Because it's something that is something that people know and people like, but it's not something that we have an official place for in Tucson. You know what I mean? You get sweet tea at like the quick trip or something like that or at this restaurant, but you don't have a specific like, oh, this is hot chicken and sweet tea. And that was it. That was all we would do. Anyways, the point is, is two years later, after I kind of like was trying to get one of my other uh, restaurant coworkers on board with that, but we never did anything about it. And two years later, there was a hot chicken, a Nashville hot chicken food truck in Tucson. Yeah, they're all over the place. Are they really? No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, so it's like, I don't make, I suffer from paralysis by analysis and it's so bad. Like it's actively something that I need to start like I don't I need to create a plan to like condition myself to just make decisions and be less risk averse because that is something that is expressly holding me back in a sense Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like really good at getting into the nitty gritty like detail work but I'm really less attuned to like the large big picture sort of overarching strategy kind of things that like oh okay we we need to do this like uh uh, in, in the case of the, the food truck example, okay, like what, what actually I was good at like figuring out the nitty gritty of like, oh, what would we need in order to run a food truck? But did I, you know, start looking at how much a food truck costs and like, you know, whatever it's no. Yeah. No. So that's something that like, I'm actually kind of upset at myself for and, and something that I really want to like start like rectifying pretty much. 
what are your weaknesses, Chris, or Alpha and Scout's weaknesses? Uh, I guess it's all. <laughs> I don't. Wow, weak weaknesses. <laughs> I, uh, I guess my my biggest weakness is uh, trying too hard. I don't know. That was a dumb answer. Yeah, that's that's the kind that uh, caring too much. That's the answer caring that you give much, at your yeah. like uh, job uh, uh, interviews. Just trying to trying to always achieve beyond my. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think weaknesses are. Man, this is a hard one to apply to this uh, creative field, I think. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a little bit more um, abstract in your field than it is in like, you know, if I was to talk about just flow roll, what are the weaknesses there? It's more concrete because it's just a product that either you're selling or you're not. I think a weakness is a what's a good way to put it? I think it goes back to this idea of not playing the game well. Mm -hmm. And I think the weakness is uh, not that I'm a toxic person, but I might be to the community because I might come off as judgmental yeah, and thinking myself better than everyone when I should be more supportive of a community, but the community kind of sucks a lot. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's essentially that you're, your ideas on how you would prefer the community to be, or like honestly your project that you're trying to improve upon, it might be construed at like, like, look, we don't need to do this whole Hollywood bullshit, you know, whatever we can film the way Tucson films and we should make stories about, you know, different things like that might be construed as a commentary on what the traditional sort of pathway is essentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, what's so kind of difficult about your specific field is that in a world where, cause we were just talking about, um, social proof and it's like in a world where the social proof is really the, is a pretty important factor, right? Because it's like, sure, I'm sure, you know, plenty of movies are good, but how many people say like, oh, it's, um, it's the rock in a movie. Of course I'm going to see that. Because it's just he's built up enough of kind of a reputation around himself that people are willing to follow that regardless of whatever it is. And that's kind of the problem or not the problem, but that's the reality of the field that you're in is that it's it's kind of that ineffable, intangible. Either you have like you can grasp it or you can't. And that's that's tough. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like if we were able to get that validation from maybe someone in the community or be put on some sort of like given a prize or given like yeah. a platform to speak. If we were invited <laughs> to speak at some, you know, conference, some 10 West event, you know, something yeah. like that yep. where it's, it's not in the film community, but around the surrounding community, I think that would yeah. help uh, maybe open a door. But then at the same time, we have to be able to deliver on that performance of being someone to rally behind. So I don't know if yeah. we can, I don't know if we should give up on that or if that's, or if we can, and we just need to start knocking on those doors to try and make those talks happen, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's, that, that's the, it's like, I can, I can almost see it for, it's just, I have no concept of how you do that within that field. You know what I mean? Because it's like, we set up networking events and stuff like that for, you know, uh, or, or for instance, um, 
for project number two, there are people who do developments in town. Like they specifically are groups for like funding city projects and stuff like that without getting too specific into what I'm doing. So there are people to like that are that take meetings for that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Whereas it's like, I don't know how you do that in elephant scouts field. Like it's like, uh, it's, it's institutionalized in like California and New York maybe, but outside of that, I don't, I don't know how you do that. Right. And the, and the fact that as I, I hate saying it, but it's true as the film community here sucks and there's that stigma yet to work around as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, nobody makes a good project worth uplifting or promoting or being like, oh, hey, that came out of Tucson. It hasn't right. happened yet. So yeah. it's even harder to be that guy. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's almost like you're trying to uh, I mean, it's the whole it's the whole take the path less traveled type thing. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you're going to have to do a lot of bushwhacking to get things out of your way. Yeah, it's it's almost as though I could summarize these questions so far that the problems that you and I are facing are conceptually different. You have to get a whole lot of kind of structure or like a whole lot of like stigma out of your way. So yours is actually getting you're trying to like, yeah, bushwhack a path that basically hasn't been done in Tucson, hasn't been done in Arizona, one could say even. Whereas for me, it's more just about getting out of my own way in, in a sense. Like I'm in my own way and I'm sure there are, <laughs> there's going to be cascading issues down the line. I'm not going to be able to get the money that, you know, I'm kind of poaching on right now. Flow roll actually isn't going to be in demand and therefore I'm going to have to create demand somehow. And that's something that I'm not really sure how to work. Like, I'm sure there are cascading problems, but my number one problem is getting out of my own way. And that I've historically been very poor at. Your problem is conceptually different because it's like you're not in your own way. It's it's getting the right things aligned from the community that just doesn't have that structure in place. Like there's there's no you know, there's nobody to be like, oh, yeah, I invest in uh, local films because I think we need to have a renaissance of Tucson arts and, you know, whatever. It's like, I don't know who does that. Does anyone do that? Like, I have no idea. Right. That's no, that doesn't happen ever. Yeah. 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 Um, what are the three most important things currently? And you can like, I, I worded this vaguely specifically so that you end up figuring out what your three most important things are. I realized that, um, so number one, I, uh, I said like creating and adhering to firm plans because I don't do that. I don't, I don't make the bets on myself. I don't, I always think like it's going to be fucked. I need this. I need it. I always run back and say, I need another degree. You know what I mean? Right. Creating mission statements, creating business plans, creating things, and then sticking to them. That's, that's number one, what has to be most important. And then number two, number three, um, number two is flow roll because I uh, actually like the momentum that I've got on that. I'm, you know, it's like I've, bar- I've barely made any progress at all, but I'm proud of the progress that I have made. I'm actually making commitment and showing commitment, which is nice. Um, and then the third one is uh, this unnamed project that uh, I've yet to speak of. I'll, I'll talk to you offline about it. <laughs> Uh, what's, what are, uh, the most, the three most important things, uh, you've got going on? 
Oh, the three most important things we've got going on right now are, uh, let's say, a remastering of Tucson Heat, the podcast. We're going back and polishing it up. Nice. We are meeting about three scripts we're all going to write individually to hopefully move forward and present as one big package deal in the future. And three would be, I guess, helping my buddy finish his feature, his first feature. So we have like another feature film to kind of say, Hey, we we've done things. Yeah. 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 That's, that's something that I would honestly consider because it's like, okay, for, I don't know what that looks like, but for your particular scenario, it's like you either need to show that your projects are doing something that's good for the community and good for Tucson and good for Tucson art scene and stuff like that. Or, and or, because ideally it would have both, right? And or you need to demonstrate that you can bring back revenue through your projects. Like that you can, that people who invest on in your films will get their investment back. And I don't know how you do that without just doing more features or like doing more projects, basically. Right. So let me ask you this. In your remastering of, and this is just an idea that comes off the top, but this is really the the point of these personal inventories is that they start to kind of create it, uh, ideas for you. If you shopped around, because you're remastering Tucson Heat, if you shopped around, you know, local sort of stuff, do you think maybe you could pitch someone to, like, what would advertising do on Tucson Heat? Like, do you have listeners that are like, you know, whatever that you could sort of lay down numbers. And let's just say, let's use a really bad example. Let's say Baggins, the sandwich shop, the local sandwich shop, you know, was to advertise, uh, was like you were to approach them with like, Hey, you can advertise on Tucson heat. Here's the listeners we get. Like we could project that this could, you know, drive more business for Baggins. Like, you know, would you be comfortable kind of making any of those statements or those claims or would that be an avenue that you'd be interested in pursuing getting advertisers? I mean, I'm a hundred percent on board for getting advertisers. I think there are some platforms like podcast platforms that will put in advertisements for you. So, Mm. uh, it's like, you know, like, but that's like broad generic ads for like Facebook and Google and stuff like that. Right. And you probably yeah, get, yeah. you know, like 10 cents per download or whatever. Sure. But, yeah. but it's something, but I do think getting some sort of sponsorship for a podcast is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It's just food for thought. I was, I was just curious. Um, what three habits would you, Oh shit. I've got so many screens now that I'm just like opening so much shit accidentally. <laughs> um, what three habits would you like to develop? I'd like to develop a habit of writing every day, a habit of, uh, let's see, maybe that's it. That's all I want. That's all you want. Hey, and if, and if you're that focused and you've got the one, here's what I've got. Um, I want better phone slash sales skills because this is becoming incredibly relevant with project number two is that if I'm not the guy who's actually, so to speak, engineering the product, then I at least have to be good at selling and pitching the product. Um, and that is a little complicated. So I, I want to work on that. Um, 
I want to be better at calculated risk tolerance. I don't want to just like make risky bets all the time and end up doing stupid shit that would both waste my time and money. But I want to get better at doing the Chris Scott betting on myself. You know, let's take this risk. This is, you know, low. This is a lower or at least a medium risk that I can tolerate. And therefore I'm going to execute on it. Like that's something on work. Um, and then my third, which is in line with, you know, what I said, my, my, what, what things are difficult for me right now is, uh, get better at setting and holding boundaries saying no, Mm -hmm. it's going to be super huge. People take too much of my time and it's not their fault because I let them do it. So it, it ultimately has to come back to me. Um, the next four questions five questions are not ones that we would, or I'm not, I'm certainly not going to answer on the air. This is just for your own, but this is important for your personal inventory. This is what is your current monthly income? How many different sources of income do you have? And I'll just lay this out there. I only have one stream of income and that's bad. Uh, for multiple reasons, you need diversity of income strictly like obviously, cause you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. If I got fired from my job currently, I'd be fucked. Uh, so therefore you need to have multiple streams of income. And also if I had a passive stream of income, then I actually could like the ideal would be to get a passive stream of income that is so robust that it would be able to support that way. I could not work a day job and I could just pour my efforts into, uh, flow roll and unnamed project number two. Uh, so that's the idea there, but I currently only have one source of income, which is not a good thing. Uh, the total amount of your assets, uh, and I'm going to be honest, uh, well, now uh, my assets include one production <laughs> one production run of Flow Roll, so I guess I can add that to the assets column. Other than that, it's a Honda Accord and my bank account. Like, those are my assets. Uh-huh. Um, but for obvious reasons, I'm not disclosing what any of those things are worth. <laughs> my total liabilities are, and this one's actually very easy for me to answer, I have none. I'm actually one of these super fortunate people who I don't have any school debt. I have, I think, maybe 250 bucks on my credit card right now. Uh, That's it. But if I was to execute on project number two, my liabilities all of a sudden would be huge. And so you have to look at these things because it's like my liabilities will then outweigh my assets by a significant amount. And so that's where one of the sticking points are. And that's why it's important that you, uh, that you address these in your personal inventory. Um, the status of my bills are current. Everything is paid. So I don't owe anything to anyone. I'm not in debt currently about anything. Um, but of course that can change. Uh, here's kind of the question that sums up that section. Cause I've, I've separated these into sections. This is the finance se- section of the personal inventory. What am I financially tolerating currently that I no longer wish to tolerate? Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that your, are you oh. done with Netflix? No, I'm not done with Netflix. I thought you were, didn't you mention sharing your password with everybody? Oh yeah. Yeah. I do do that. Um, no, for me, I end up spending a lot of like, um, and it's not a big deal, but it's just like, I have, I have good financial habits, but it's also because I'm so risk averse. So they kind of go hand in hand. Um, but I also end up spending, uh, money in stupid places just because I'm not like constantly keeping track of it. So that's something like I'm throwing away money in categories that I'm kind of unaware of. So I need to also, I need to get a higher income stream, not 
a higher income stream from my job because that would obviously come with more responsibilities and stuff like that where I actually want to pull back on responsibilities. So I think that I need to have more income sources to better fund my projects, but not my lifestyle or anything like that. Um, so that those are things that I'm financially tolerating that I no longer wish to tolerate. Yeah, I think for me, it's just, uh, I think I'm no, I no longer want to tolerate my office space. I hate it here now. Really? Why is that? Uh, just my neighbor is the most annoying. The place is a mess because there's no one here. It's just me and the annoying mm. guy. They don't, you know, they don't keep up the building anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get on me to keep things clean, but they leave the hallways just covered in dust and dead cockroaches. It's like, what? Get out of my face. Get out of my face. So, and... Like I actually just recently, as you might notice, you didn't. In fact, you haven't said anything and it's, uh, oh wait, maybe you did. I have noticed, but I haven't said anything. Mm. I'm sitting at a different angle today. Yeah, you are. What's up with Uh, that? I actually recently just got my office into a much better shape than it is. You can also tell that there's, I mean, I don't know, this wall wasn't visible before, but there was a bunch of boxes and shit here. I like finally actually took the time to make my office space really, really good. I've got a board over here that has lined up like not only my work for my job, but it also has my status on stuff for flow roll, uh, which is cool. Uh, so I'm managing kind of projects. And then I've got like a separate table over here. That's just my gear table. So it's just all my bags and all my stuff is just like organized over here. So I finally have like a good working space so I can, I can appreciate your, uh, your frustration because it's like, it's remarkable what a good, nice, like workspace will end up doing for you. And, uh, I, I, I can, I can, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. I, I can relate, I guess is what I'm saying. But, you know, but at the same time, it's really cheap and central. So I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is kind of hard to justify because that, like, that's kind of the stru- the thing that like, the house that I'm currently in, so the house that houses this office, there's just so many problems. We're getting uh, treated for termites right now and stuff like that. Like, it's just like, oh, my God. Like, all this shit is just so fucking dumb uh, because this house wasn't maintained well by the by the owner. And it went straight from a person who um, had lived here for six years directly to us, but hadn't been remodeled in between. So it, there's just problems that are showing up. And so yeah. that's kind of a kind of a dilemma. All right. We're in the we're in the home stretch. I can tell Chris is like, God damn, all these questions. <laughs> um, what am I currently doing to improve my situation? Well, for me, uh, even making this personal inventory was a good start because it it forces you to come to terms with the fact that like like I'm forced to see now that one of the things that is hindering my progress and has been for years is me. Uh, I have to come to terms with the fact that like I am not executing on these things, and then that like seeing that in stark contrast, like that was the thing that made me I I wasn't sure if I wanted to spend this much money on getting my first production ro- run of Flow Roll, but. I'm done getting in my own way. So I did it and uh, we'll see, you know, I, I could just be out a couple thousand bucks, but this also could be, you know, I could be out a couple thousand bucks, but you know, starting on something that um, might really be meaningful. So uh, currently, I mean, that's something I'm doing to improve my situation. Then second of all, um, I'm also currently taking a course in business analytics so that I can, 
better understand if I'm making a good deal in terms of project number two. There's a whole host of things that I don't understand there. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you improving yourself on, Chris? I'm improving myself on reframing presentation of potential projects. We're going from less of a financial presentation mm-hmm. to a more uh, cultural preservation, it's like supporting the art community mm-hmm. and trying to encompass aspects of art into the film in a more specific way that makes sense to people on the outside. So like we're working on a musical using music, local bands, local music artists to create a CD or a soundtrack for the movie and how it kind of preserves the music scene. And it's a musical. So there's going to be dancing happening. So local dance styles, local artists presenting that way. So just trying to do things like that. That's actually super cool. I definitely, whenever, uh, I mean, we can talk about it offline, but whenever you have a chance, I want to hear more about that. That, uh, that's, that's basically, it's like taking the, the individuality or the unique stuff that you already do, but taking it to the next level. You know what I mean? Cause now you're going to be working with local, uh, would that be choreographers? I don't know. Choreographer. <laughs> local choreographers. And then like, people who make music and stuff like that. It's like, that's really a, um, not duality because it's a vertical integration. It is vertical (laughs) integration. That's exactly (laughs) what it is. That's cool, man. Um, do you currently set aside time strictly to do deep thinking and problem solving for your, and then, you know, insert the blank here for me, that would be for my projects for you. That would be for your team or for your company or for whatever. Like, do you set block out time for yourself specifically to think about how you're going to solve these problems or what your next moves are? It is all the times where I'm not working. Mm. Uh, so you're, that just like lives in your yeah. head yeah. all day, every day, just constantly yeah. thinking about it, which is crazy. Yeah. That's see, that also is like kind of a, um, boundary thing because it's like you're gonna kind of get i mean you seem to handle it well i get I, oh i don't i don't i just you don't i'm very stoic that's why oh. on the inside it's a mess yeah yeah uh i can say straight up that i i haven't historically now i do i take um a portion of my Sunday and I dedicate it. Like I block off three to four hours on Sunday and that's all I'm doing is I'm just thinking like, okay, what would be the concrete next step? How do I achieve that next step? Because basically I have to, I know myself and knowing the weaknesses that I've identified above. uh, If I don't make it easy for myself, I'm going to fucking bail. Like that's, that's just the thing. Like I get super nervous when it comes to like actually, you know, doing the concrete steps that it takes to get yourself organized in these ways. So I know that I'm going to bail on those things unless I see the problems in advance or unless I really dedicate time to it. So that was something that I had to start doing is just like time blocking my weekends because even though I'm not at work, it's like, this is the time where I can do the most valuable work on my projects. So that's That's it. it. That's all the questions. That's the personal inventory. All right. So I learned I need to connect with the community more and figure out a way to be more, uh, have a greater name recognition slash uh, relevancy in the community. That's the thing I need to work on. Yeah. 
Yeah, for me, I mean, it's definitely just it's setting out actionable next steps and then just committing to doing them and actually following through on doing them. Because I think if I leave stuff in kind of an ambiguous sort of like I haven't identified exactly what the next step is, but it's like, like, for instance, if I left it ambiguous, like, oh, I need to get money in order to do project number two. It's like that is so large that it doesn't have a next step, but then I just won't I won't have a next step. I'll never develop anything. I'll never think. But if I break it down into, okay, uh, well, I've got one potential a potential investor and that potential investor also has started several businesses. So this potential investor um, has other people who have money. How do I get them to give me money? Oh, I have to make sure that they know that they're getting their investment back and why this would be a profitable move for them and why. Okay, so how do I do that? Oh, that's typically done in pitches and presentations and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. For a pitch and a presentation, I need to have solid financials on how much money I need and when they could expect their investment back, blah, 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 blah. So that gives me stuff that then it's like it makes it easier once I break it down into the smallest component because then it's not, okay, how do I get money for this thing? That's a huge problem. I don't know how to solve that. But if it's, oh, um, what is the uh, what is the average rate of return or return on investment based on a investment of this size of a profitable business? That's information I can actually find. And then once mm-hmm. I have that, that takes me to step number two. So that's the number one thing that I just need to work on. And it's something that I'm, it's a struggle every day. Every day, all day, every day. Every day, but I've developed a, I'm going to be honest, I'm probably going to, well, now we're, we're solidly running over, but here's my thing. I've developed, I've, I've come to the understanding that I am okay taking a loss on this first run on flow roll. Okay. My ideal state is that I've worked out pricing that will enable me to get half of my investment back if I only sell half of the run. So basically what I'm saying is I'm going to give away half of my run. I'm just going to give it away. I'm hoping that then that will people like, I'm going to basically just ask like, Hey, if I give this to you, use it, give me any feedback, please leave me a review for that social proof. Or like I, you know, I'll start up a product page and you can leave me a review and please just, If you can, social media, tell your friends, anything like that. I don't care, but just like you can have it, but, you know, help me out a little, basically. The other half, I'm basically going to do packaging for because I'm not going to waste money packaging the the shit that I'm giving away for free. That's just going to be, which maybe I should. I don't know. I get stuck on decisions like these. The other half. You should. You should. I should. Yeah. Well, that kind it of sucks. I know it sucks. It, but. it kind of fucks up my numbers. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But you should. But I should. I mean, it's it's just a better brand recognition and and like it looks more official. I think that goes back to the social proof thing, right? Like, right. Because someone's at the gym and they have like a Ziploc bag of random pills that they take. Yeah, like, that's not good. Yeah, it's not a good look. No. All right. Well, I'm going to then after this call, I'm going to get back onto my fucking spreadsheet, Chris, because I <laughs> I need to reevaluate. <laughs> OK, well, OK, then I'm probably not going to be making half my money back, but that's fine. Like, I'm OK. I have to come to terms with the fact that I'm OK taking a loss on this one and the next run after that, because that's probably going to be the honest truth. Uh-huh. But 
it's actionable. I have stuff coming in. I'm feeling good. Like I'm finally, I'm feeling good about this. Um, although not that I should announce this, but it's like, it is coming in from China. So I'm not doing one of those like made in America type things. I can't afford to yet. That's just, that's well, the truth. You're figuring things out. No one, no one cares where things are from anyway. I think that that's made in true. America thing is for a very small group of people that probably don't even do jujitsu. That's probably true. Yeah. That's probably true. Well, so anyways, for me personally, I think that, you know, doing a personal inventory every business quarter, it seems excessive, but I mean, that's every three months. Things change. Like even a month ago, I hadn't decided on a, on a manufacturer or anything like, like things have massively changed since a month ago. So it's kind of valuable to do every now and then. I personally don't think Chris will ever do one ever again. He probably thinks this is too much introspection, uh, but I want to modify it and do my own. Yeah. Yeah. Give me like three weeks. I'm going to come up with my own and then we're going to see how ours differ. Okay. All right. I'm into All it. Right. I'm into it. At, at least, Hey, at least you didn't think the the concept was a total bomb. That's, that's good. At least. Right. No, I don't think it was. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, Chris, you got anything to plug? Uh, just follow me on Instagram at Elephant Scout. Uh, check out our podcast, Tucson Heat. With all episodes are out now. Uh, please review if you can. And uh, that's what I got. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I concur. Definitely check out Tucson Heat. It's a lot of fun. Uh, what would I compare it to? I can only make movie references. I can't compare it because I don't know any like scripted podcasts. I don't really listen to those much. So I don't really know anything like that. But basically, if you know Chris, you if you know the type of movies that Chris was raised on, you know kind of exactly the vein that this fits in. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's great. Uh, you can find me on social media at Atish Mazish. Uh, of course, Ramen Profitable Everything. Um, and that's pretty much it. I have, I mean, I hope that I can talk about project number two soonish, but, um, it, I'm way out of my depth in a, in a sense on a lot of stuff. It's more money than I ever thought that I'd be talking about, or at least at this age. And it's, uh, it's just a more, it's a larger scale project than I thought that I was going to take on. Uh, but it, is the right opportunity at the right time. So hopefully I can talk about that soon and, uh, you know, uh, really start putting some fire or gas on that, so to speak. Uh, otherwise, please like, comment, subscribe. Ramen profitable. Um, and uh, we'll catch you next time.